Hey, who do you think would win a fight? Well, what do you mean? Well, if you and I ever got into like a really serious fight, you know, and the punches started flying, who do you think would win? Well, I think that's pretty obvious. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. The bat is dead. Bury it. Fight back! You coward, fight back! You just started a war. God, I will not avail you. Flame of Udun! Never give up. Never surrender. We must fight. You've always run away from a fight. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so and you know it. What's up, Who Would Winners? And welcome to episode number 60 of the Who Would Win cast, the podcast that analyzes fictional fights between familiar faces. My name is Steve. And this is Chris. Oh, boy. Did you like that? That was good. Thank you. That was very, very topical. Thank you. I liked it. I liked it. Uh, How are you, Chris? Pretty pretty well. Steve, how are you? I'm, I'm pretty good. Uh, I finished Westworld last night. Oh, how was that? Uh, it, it, it was so, so good. Allie and I finished it. We needed to finish it before we started watching Stranger Things. I haven't started and, either. Oh, Stranger yeah, Things. I, I said I, we had one episode left of Westworld, and I said we need to finish it before we start Stranger Things. And so many things were revealed that I before we started recording, I started rewatching the show again. I was what? I was uh, rewatching the first episode. Wow, is next season called East World? Uh, no, it is not called. The only reason it's called West World is because it takes place in a Western style town. Uh, oh, in the, okay. It, yeah, in the film, I see what you did there, but no. Uh, in the film, there were other different worlds. There was like a medieval world, and I'm not sure what else there was off the top of my head, but I believe the second season is might be doing something like that because in this in the 10th episode they kind of tease uh different types of worlds because you you see characters that are not like from a western setting so you're kind of left thinking like what's this and the people that are looking at them are like what's this all about so i think that's probably what they were teasing going forward in the show but um yeah it was really really good were there any polar bears there were no polar bears just curious uh, yeah sorry uh no, no, no. It is kind of lostish, though. Like you really, really have to think. I, I do get some lost and, vibes from that show. Yeah, and it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of like, what does it mean to be human? Like the theme from Blade Runner, since the park is like con- like run by robots, kind of thing. Spoiler alert! But spoil. I mean, I feel like most people should know that, but if not, sorry. I mean, you find out the moment the show starts. <laughs> like literally, the opening credits. You kind of have a have a sense of what's going on. All right, we'll let that one slide. But yeah, so uh, but yeah, it was it was really good. Definitely recommend it. Looking forward to season two and looking forward to Stranger Things when I get a chance to sit down and watch it. Same. Can't wait. Probably going to just power through. Hopefully I heard uh, I think it's nine episodes this season. Maybe I'm I'm wrong. I think it might be one more than the previous season. I didn't even look. Yeah. Nicole my, hasn't my been here. I don't want to watch without her. Yeah. Oh, that's how I am with Allie. I can't watch it without uh, without Allie. I've been playing uh, Mario Odyssey though on my Switch. You enjoying it? It's fantastic. It's a great game. Now is that the is that the new Mario game that came out? Yeah, it came out uh, this past Friday. I've heard that it is like essential for like a true Switch and Nintendo fans uh, collection. Oh, I would agree. I mean, if you like Mario games, you'll you'll love this game. I just googled it, and one of the first thing that comes up is an article called Nine Reasons to Hate Super Mario Odyssey," and if you do, you're a monster. Interesting. There's not, I haven't played too much, but there's not really anything I don't like. The one, right. Okay, there is actually one thing. They have all these motion controls for different things, okay. and I don't like motion controls. So you don't what do you ha- mean by motion control? Like turning like, the Like shake it switch? to do something. Gotcha. But you, as far as I know, you don't. everything you can do with motion controls, you can do with buttons. Right. That's true. But um, I don't know. I'm just not a fan of motion controls. I don't blame you. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that either. You have to shake it or turn it or spin yeah, it. Yeah, like sometimes I'm playing like half laying down and like I can't always like shake them the right way. To yeah. do. Right. Other than that, really enjoying it. That's good to hear. How how like how much have you done of it so far? Uh, I don't know that much about how long it is. I'm in like the f- the third or fourth world. Okay. There was like uh, the starting area. 
you're in for a little bit, and then you go to this like desert world, and then you can either go to a a tree world or a lake world. Okay. And I've been to both. So do they have that, a like, Do they have a west world? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I haven't found it yet. Well, let me know what happened. That would be a great crossover. Mario meets Westworld. That would be cool. Yeah, I like it. I'll let you know. Definitely. And uh, yeah, so that's what we're looking at. Anything Anything else going on before you want to get into some uh, shout outs and some hmm. uh, news going on with the podcast? Well, um, everyone listening, happy Halloween. That's it. Happy Halloween. Happy, uh, Halloween is tomorrow. Unless you're and, listening uh, on, unless you're not listening the day this comes out. That is correct. Then yes. Halloween, we don't know when it is. We we have no way of knowing when you're listening to this. Right. That'd be weird everyone... if everyone who we could know, like when you listen to it, would be like, "Happy Halloween!" Four days ago. I mean, we can look at the downloads, but we just don't know who they are. I can geotag their IP address and be like, "Hey, someone listening in uh, Illinois, Chicago, Illinois, you listened on November fifth, so happy five days after Halloween." But we can't do that now in advance. No, we can't do that now. Correct. We can't do that in advance. Yeah, sorry. Any any special plans? Do you do you dress up at work? Do you, do, mm, do your coworkers do anything? No, I never have. No. We do we do a little bit of like putting something Halloween themed up on our computer screens. Okay. There's this one section um that simulates uh, an air traffic control tower and it has uh-huh. 24 monitors and we made this uh happy Halloween thing. Okay. And it like spells out happy Halloween and there's like a foresty background with leaves falling. And then oh, randomly, oh, cool. uh, like a, a monster pops up on one of the screens. It's <laughs> pretty cool. Are you guys authorized? Are you guys authorized to do that? Oh, absolutely. Oh, that's good. No, you know what our motto is there. Um, it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. That's a motto I live by every day. <laughs> so technically, we are not authorized, but we're also not unauthorized to do it. That's right. They're not telling you you can't do it. Right. Exactly. That's good. That's a good way of looking at it. Do you guys have a party or nothing? You just mm. do your normal work um people have been bringing in candy okay but other than that normal work what's your go-to halloween candy like you're walking you know you're a kid you're walking up to the house they open up the door you say your trick-or-treat they have the bowl there you look at it your eyes go wide open and you're like i need to go change into a different costume so i can come back to this house <laughs> there <laughs> i didn't understand why i had to change my costume at first and i was like was the candy so good that i like poop my pants but then i realized <laughs> it's to do a repeat trick-or-treat Exactly, because you have a lot of those parents that are like, no, you were just here. Get out of here. That's never happened to me. I've never tried to do that, but sure. I'm sure it happens. Oh, it's happened. So my favorite candies, I guess I would, there's a couple. It's hard for me to pick. I really like right now Almond Joy, Kit Kat, Butterfinger. Okay. I, I don't like Butterfingers at all. Like, not even, like, desperate. Because they, like, stick times. in your teeth and stuff? No, they just they just taste like a stick of butter that was covered in chocolate. Hmm. I don't know why. Well, they are called Butterfingers. I know. I think if they changed the name, maybe I wouldn't. Maybe I'd like it more. I can't believe it's not think, Butterfingers. I, I just, I just think of butter. I don't know. That's my fault, but nothing I can do about it. My brain thinks the way it thinks. Margarine fingers. <laughs> Canola oil fingers. Yeah, well, I'll work on that for you, Steve. Maybe I'll um, right. whip you something right. up. Uh, I'm a big fan of Kit Kats as well, like you mentioned. Uh, I love peanut M&M's, the yellow ones, where J.K. Simmons does the voice in the commercials, or he used to. Uh, what else do I like? I, I like a plain Hershey bar. Crunch bars are really good. Um, I, I, anything gummy. Big fan of gummies. Hmm. Uh, a lot of people don't tend to give out gummies, I feel, for Halloween. No, you don't You don't see uh, a lot of gummies. Yeah, it's mostly, it's mostly your chocolates. Um, I mean, maybe like you'll get some Sour Patch Kids every now and then. But yeah, mostly chocolate. Oh, Reese's cups. I love my Reese's cups. I like them, but I I sometimes uh, have this thing where I like something and then I eat it too much and then I don't like it anymore. I was I was listening to a podcast <laughs> and they said Reese's cups, like you can never be satisfied with the amount of Reese's cups you eat. You either eat not enough or too much. Uh, yeah, that's right. That is right. I do do that. And then and then if you eat too much, like in your scenario, you just don't want to eat them anymore, and then you move on to something else. Yeah, it is coming back. I am starting to like them again, though. That's good. It's a perfect time to like them because they're going to be going out like candy, literally, uh, tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, at my, at my work, I work at a school, so uh, we have one teacher who's kind of like the ringleader every year. She likes getting all the teachers to do a, a theme costume. Last year, we did Toy Story characters. So last year, I dressed up as Andy, which was a really cheap way of going about it. 
I just dressed normally pretty much. <laughs> and I had a big box of, I had a big box of uh, toy story toys that I found up in the attic and I just wrote Andy's, uh, college stuff on it wait, and, wait. Uh, in real life you found a box of toy story toys in your attic or yes, in real life because that's actually perfect for the character it was, i know it was uh life imitating art if you will so yeah. uh, i had like my slinky in there my uh, mr potato head i had like a smaller woody not like a big size woody character no buzz lightyear um i can't remember what else i had did your oh, woody have I the pull a- string he did not have the pull string. He was a small one. But what I did have, which was pretty cool, was I had the Woody hat from when I was a kid because I was Woody for Halloween one year. And then the next year I was Buzz and I had like a set of inflatable wings and they were upstairs in the box too. So I just kind of threw them in the box because like when Andy was dressing up as Woody and Buzz when he was younger. Uh, so I had that. So that's what we did last year. This year we're doing comic book characters. So I went with Peter Parker so I'll just have my glasses on and I bought a Spider-Man shirt that I'm going to wear like underneath kind of like a button up and just kind of have it poking out a little bit. And I'll probably get some kind of a camera to hang around my neck. And I was thinking maybe trying to find like a Spider-Man mask that can maybe have like sticking out of my pocket or something. But uh, you should also get those candies called Mary Jane's and like pass them out. That's a good idea. I like it. You should also bring a spider. And just have it go. No, no, no. Like, what you should do is bring an empty box. Uh, bring an empty glass box and be like, I had a spider. I lost it. I don't know where it is. <laughs> Where'd it go? I hope no one gets bitten by it because it was radioactive. It was a Black Widow because I'm trying to, you know, stick with the comic book theme here. And uh, now it's gone. So, so yeah, so that's, that's what uh, we're doing for work. So whatever you do, have a happy Halloween. If you dress up, tweet us a picture, Facebook us a t- picture of you, your family, whomever. We want to see... Uh, what you got going on? We'll retweet you. We'll we'll send it out there. We'll share it. Get the uh, community together. Yeah, sounds cool. So All you right, didn't want to uh, be uh, Steve. You didn't want to be the swarm. I did not want to be the swarm. Uh, well, what turned you off? In. Was it the bees or the Nazis? It, <laughs> you know, at first I was going to say the bees, but now that you bring it up, I'm going to have to say it was the Nazis. Yeah, you know, I always find that dressing up as a Nazi is a risky costume. Yeah, so the whole dressing up as a Nazi thing, not my cup of tea. So wanted to, No, wanted especially to in a school environment. Exactly. I don't I don't, I don't want to. Good call. Wanna. Yeah. Because I remember it, play, you, play you're not safe. afraid of bees, so you could cover yourself in bees and be fine. I could. I could. Might be uh, might be bad for the kids. Like a distracting learning environment, you're thinking? Might, if, I, if I'm trying to teach and you just hear, and then if one escapes, hits the kids, I'm going to get in trouble. Yeah, you're I, right, because you wouldn't have swarms mind control of bees. You couldn't control the bees. I, yeah. I couldn't do that. Yeah, you you went the safe route, Peter Parker. Yeah. Good call. I really, I, I honestly, I really did. Oh, also get some of those um those silly string sprays. You can spray it at people. Ooh, that's. A, I, I was actually thinking of having something like that, and I can use like my web powers. Perfect. I like it. All right, Chris, you want to talk about uh, the results we have from one of our previous episodes? Yeah, yeah. Hit me. What do we got? All right. So a couple weeks ago, we took the previous week off just to kind of relax and kick back and the week before that we did joker versus pennywise from the 2017 stranger things and the joker heath ledger version and the poll is pennywise 39 percent joker 36 30 excuse me joker 61 percent uh so not joker bad took the one on that one was, there goes was... you, you had a good winning streak there for a while yeah yeah so if you haven't listened to that episode yet, please go ahead and download it, listen, share to your friends. I really, really enjoyed that episode. I thought that one was a lot of fun, especially with everything going on now with uh, Pennywise being so popular and everybody always doing clowns around Chris or Halloween time. Except now I hear you really can't dress up as clowns. Well, is that because of like that drama last year with clowns and like people were people were like, like shooting people? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of dumb. It was people pretty making- dumb. Yeah, people are making dumb mistakes. I was expecting a Pennywise to be a popular costume this year. We were at a uh, a parade the other day, and someone was dressed up as Pennywise. I don't know if you if you noticed that. Mm, I missed it. Yeah, someone was. It was it was pretty good. It was mostly just the face makeup, but it was, it was pretty good. Oh, uh, was it a girl? Yes, I saw that. Yes. So so yeah, so like I said, uh, give it a listen, download it, let us know what you think about it. And also there, Chris, if you remember last or last episode, we were talking about how we currently have a contest going on with all of our fans where you you can guess the Rotten Tomatoes meter for the big movies coming out from November to the end of December. We have a 
Google Sheet that you can access through the link in this episode. Also, we put it out on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, you can vote and try to predict what you think the Rotten Tomato scores would be for the different movies. We originally said that the date to submit your response would be October 31st, uh, but we're going to extend it one day to November 1st uh, just because the first movie on the questionnaire comes out on November 2nd, which is Murder on the Orient Express. So if you'd like to enter just a little fun, friendly competition between our fans, uh, just please make sure you submit it before then. I'm going to close it on November 2nd, so there will be no further voting after that. We have gotten some submits so far, but I want to try to get some more in there as well, just to kind of up the ante a little bit. And Chris and I will be entering our guesses as well. All right, Chris, you ready to get into today's episode? I'm ready, Steve. All right. So please remember, as always, if you have any ideas for any future matchups or scenarios, or if you just like to say hello, you can reach us through Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Gmail. You can also subscribe and leave us a ratings on iTunes or through our RSS feed on Podbean. Chris, what are we talking about today? Today we have a, our final Halloween-themed episode for the month, and it'll be, a, it'll be a haunted house episode. That's right. Now, do you want to talk about how you came up with this idea? Because this is all you. Uh, well, I feel like we worked together, um, okay. kind of workshopping it. Mm-hmm. But I remember hearing that there's going to be a live-action uh, Dora the Explorer. Is that right? Yes, that's what I've heard. Directed by Michael Bay, or at least he's involved with the project. I think he was going to be involved in the project in some way. If, yeah, maybe just a producer. I don't remember, but it was since I recently heard that, I remember I was thinking to myself, you know what would be funny? Other than Michael Bay directing Dora the Explorer, Michael Bay designing a haunted house. So I texted I like you. It. I was like, Steve, hey, let's pick let's pick directors and have them make a haunted house. I think it's it's a perfect idea. I love it. Halloween time. Let's see what these different uh, guys can do. So now, so, Chris, I just want I just want to check something real quick before before our fans get upset with us. It turns out that that report has been debunked. Oh, uh, it was just not real. I don't know if it was not real. Or maybe he did originally wanted to do it, and then he has since pulled out of the project. But there is a new statement that they clarified what was going on. And apparently it's his his production company is overseeing the project. So it's not him directly doing it, but his production company is going to be involved. Okay, thanks for the clarification. No pro- I just wanted to make sure that no one you know said, hey, you guys are lying, they cleared that up. So, but it's still possible. His production company's involved. So, you know, maybe, maybe they're just saying that so, you know, Michael Bay can still make a Door the Explorer movie without people judging him. <laughs> it's not really on brand for him. It's a little. It's not. It's, yeah, it's, it's a, completely off. It's a side project for him. Yeah. So maybe they'll be in trouble. They'll they'll bring him in to 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 save the project. I don't know. Kind of bottom of the ninth thing. Yeah, like they kept swapping uh, Star Wars Episode Nine directors, right? Uh, yeah, that and um. And Han Solo. And uh, Rogue One had some issues in post-production as well. So you never know. You never know what can happen. We will just have to eagerly await the live-action Door of the Explorer movie. We're pretty good at predicting things on this podcast, so let's call it right now. Michael Bay will end up directing the Door of the Explorer movie. We promise you. You can take that to the bank. You can take that to the bank. (laughs) All right, Chris, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, Okay, where were we? We were talking about directors making a haunted house. So I was just going to say, I feel like the um, the goal will be which director creates just, I'm just going to say the best haunted house, leaving that up to the voters' interpretation of what is best. Okay. Whether you would prefer a scary haunted house or a family-friendly haunted house, like if you like scary but not gory, you want costumes, whatever, you can use your own judgment for what you think makes the best haunted house. Perfect. I love it. So Chris, you want to tell a little bit about who you're picking and a little bit of background? Yeah. So So Michael Bay... He was, uh, he's from California. Um, he started in his 20s with um, advertisements and music videos. He had some pretty good, uh, pretty good clients, actually. Uh, Tina Turner, Meatloaf, Lionel Richie, Wilson Phillips, Donny Osmond. Um, did well at that. Uh, won MTV awards and recognition. Advertisements for Nike, Reebok, Coca-Cola, Budweiser, Miller Lite. So... You know, he started off pretty good in his career. I mean, he wasn't in movies then, but he was he was definitely like working his way up. Won some awards for some of his commercials. 
Then his first feature film was Bad Boys in 1995 with Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. Uh, then he did The Rock in 1996. And uh, after that, he was... Connery. Yes. After that, Big he was a pretty for... uh, pretty well-known Hollywood director. He got he got he gets a lot of blockbusters. I mean, he's probably most famous for. I would say Transformers. Absolutely. But was he? Did he also do the Pirates of the Caribbean?s Or was he? No, that was Gore Verbinski. Uh, was he involved in them? No. Th- well, so Jerry Bruckheimer produced the um, Pirates of the Caribbean movies, and Jerry Bruckheimer worked with Michael Bay on Pearl Harbor. Okay. So I'm sure Jerry Bruckheimer and Michael Bay have some kind of a close friendship. Want to know some of the things Michael Bay is known for? Uh-oh. Sure. No, not uh-oh. Oh, okay. Intense slow motion shots of characters. Yeah, you can you can always spot that like a sore thumb in any Michael Bay movie. <laughs> Films often feature a U.S. president giving a major speech before a major action is to be committed. Yep. Got that. <laughs> Pearl Harbor, Transformers movies. Has the camera moving during most scenes, very rarely uses static shots. Yes. Um, often uses light flashes to enhance scenes. Okay. Often has over-the-top visuals. Yeah, definitely true. <laughs> There's a ton more, but... Uh, I'm going to try to guess a couple that you haven't s- said yet. I want to see if they're on the list. All right, sure. Um, attractive women. I didn't see that, but that is true. Okay. Uh, usually has... Did you put the American... Did you say American flag? No, it's just the U.S. president one. Okay, he usually has some kind of shot of the American flag. He's a, he's a big like personal fan of like Americana stuff. Yeah. Uh, his characters will usually be like glistening in sweat. <laughs> I don't know if that's another one on there. Uh, not exactly. It does talk about how he likes to have two male leads that can do like get into arguments and like silly discussions and jokes and stuff like okay. that. Uh, like in Bad Boys placement. the Rock, Armageddon, Bad Boys 2. That's true. Uh, a lot of product placement. <laughs> that's just because he does the big movies. This is true. I don't think it's his choice. I think he's like, and right here I need a Pepsi can in the character's hand. Or like... I don't know if you ever saw the fourth Transformers. Like, there's a scene there in the middle of a fight, and Mark Wahlberg just finds a Coors Light or a Bud Light bottle on the ground, and he, he just like smacks it against a car and just starts drinking it, like in the middle of the film. <laughs> he's he's uh, like, take that. That's funny because My- Michael Bay started his early career doing Budweiser and Miller Lite commercials. I mean, it kind of so. it kind of works out. He probably has a good relationship with yeah. those companies still. You're probably yeah, right. Yeah, Mike Michael Bay is uh he's an interesting guy. Not not gonna his his movies are uh somewhat entertaining, I'd say. Yeah, they're they're not winning any um you know, uh like artsy film awards. No. But but they're they're good for a fun I don't know. Some of them I, can I, be I pretty say, long. I, I was gonna say a fun couple of hours and couple hours, but some are really long. I was gonna say Transformers four and five were just a complete waste of time. <laughs> uh I, I I wanted to kill myself and when I saw those two, so Wow, that is yeah. quite a negative review. It was review. awful. It was awful. All right, but well, um, that on that note, that's Michael yeah, Bay. There you go. Can't beat that. So you're so you're picking Michael Bay. I'm going to be picking Edgar Wright. Uh, Edgar Wright, most famous for the Cornetto film trilogy, which consisted of Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, The World End. He also uh, did the TV show Spaced, which also had Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. He was supposed to do the 2015 Marvel film Ant-Man, but ended up dropping out very close to when filming began. Uh, This past summer, in 2017, he had the action thriller Baby Driver, which I heard phenomenal things about. I have not been able to see it, unfortunately. I'm waiting for it to come out on home video. And uh, I did not know this. He co-wrote The Adventures of Tintin, the animated 2011 film that Steven Spielberg directed based on the comic strip strip, uh, Tintin. Hmm. I saw uh, that. Which, yeah. I actually really enjoyed that film, but I had I no idea. Pretty interesting. He, pretty uh, good. Yeah. I had no idea that he, that he wrote it, but, um, but yeah, he's most famous for Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, the world's end and baby driver as of now. Um, and spaced is really, really funny. It was on Netflix for a little bit. I don't know if it is or not anymore. Uh, 
but that was a pretty pretty funny show as well. But um, a little bit about Edgar Wright. He's 43 from England. Uh, he's known for making um, parody films that parody a genre, kind of like how Shaun of the Dead parodies romantic comedy zombie films. Hot Fuzz makes fun of action films and The World's End makes fun of science fiction films. And uh, I guess Ant-Man, his Ant-Man might have made fun of heist films, I guess. We don't really know what his version of Ant-Man might have been. But um, but he's it, pretty it good. It made fun of a, a Bug's Life. It made fun of a Bug's I like that. Or it could have made fun of Ants, perhaps. I thought that was a little bit too on the nose. You, did you think so? Yeah. <laughs> I would I would have liked it. Uh, Edgar Wright, he's known for like his like ping pong uh, dialogue between his characters, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Very, very, very witty. Um, he has like phenomenal action scenes in his movies. He also does these intense, like close up, really fast zoom in shots, uh, to help like establish what's going on. Uh, believe it or not, I was actually watching the world's end. It was on television this morning and just some of the shots in there are just so good. Like the shots he uses for when the bartenders are filling up, uh, the taps or filling up water, just really, really funny. And, um, also another thing he's known for is he is known for pretty much giving the entire plot of the movie in the opening like monologue of the film. And I, I that was something, that. And th- that was something I noticed in the world's end today where um, Simon Pegg's character just kind of gives a story of what his life was like in Newton Haven when he was a kid. And the story he gives is the entire plot of the movie, <laughs> and, which is, which is really funny when you're listening to it. Uh, Hot fuzz also very similar as well. Uh, I haven't seen Shaun of the dead in a while, so I'm not exactly sure what the opening monologue or, opening conversations are like, but I definitely was able to pick it out out from the world's end and remember it from hot fuzz as well. But uh, yeah, he's very uh, critically acclaimed, even though he hasn't made that many films, the ones that he's made have all been very, very good. Um, All of them are pretty much in the nineties or 80% on rotten tomatoes. And um, that's a little bit about uh, Edgar Wright. Looking forward to seeing what else he does going forward. I'm looking uh, oh, forward to I, I totally forgot. He also did. I totally forgot to say he did a uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which is a big favorite of a, a lot of people, starring Michael Sarah, um, kind of uh, like a slasher musician film. I see. So you're gonna have a really nerdy haunted house. Uh, you'll see. You'll see. You'll see what I got going on here. <laughs> so uh, go ahead, Chris. What what what, 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 what are you going for? All for right. This, let, uh, let me let me paint you a picture house. here. All right. So first of all, there for this haunted house, there's a wait list. You have to sign up like a year in advance. Oh my god! So when you are chosen, when you're when you're ready for your experience in the haunted house, you have to be selected. Well, it's it's very exclusive. So like we don't just not just not anyone can go in. You know. Okay. So what are the the qualifications for coming into your no? Just signing up in advance. Okay. There's nothing else. I didn't know if Michael Michael Bay was going through a screening process. You have to. I mean, I. I, now that I think of it, and I didn't really think about this in advance, my haunted house isn't really wheelchair accessible. <laughs> but that could be, we could change that. That's, I mean, you know, ADA, got to watch out for that. Yeah, kind of okay. Stuff. So just pretend when I say stuff that they're, like when I say walk down the steps, just pretend there's like a ramp also. Okay, fair enough. All right. Okay, so it's your turn. You get a phone call. Haunted house. Carl, Carl will be able to pick you up in an hour. Oh, wow. So limo pulls up at your house. Door opens. For some reason inside the limo is Megan Fox. <laughs> you're not sure why she's there, but you're like, all right, not going to argue. You get in the limo. The limo is pretty nice. It has uh, some champagne on ice, but also like Cool Ranch Doritos for some reason. And much like a Michael Bay movie, you're not exactly sure where this is going. You're okay. like, champagne and Doritos? And Megan Fox is here for some reason? I don't know what I'm getting into. But you've heard good things about this haunted house. So you pull up to a house. And you're you're set back a ways. It's like a long driveway type of deal. It's like a it's like an old old it's a very stereotypical haunted house. Broken windows, you know, creaky door, like the uh kind of Victorian like uh towers, whatever. You're like, all right, whatever, this looks like a you know, standard haunted haunted house. Then boom, the haunted house explodes. The whole <laughs> house explodes. Fire is everywhere, and you're like, Good thing this is a long driveway. And then the so as the smoke is starting to clear, you're seeing charred remains on the ground. That's and they spell out a Michael Bay production in in the ash. <laughs> so then the, the smoke clears a little more, 
and you realize there's a, a like a kind of a, a hole in this in the in the middle, and there's some stairs leading down. Also, Megan Fox is gone, and you're like, "Oh no, did she get oh, lost? Boy. Do I have to save Megan Fox? Should uh, I go down the steps?" Oh god. So, you know what? I'm gonna. That's all I have for like intro stuff. Okay. Can I? Do you mind if I leave it there? That's fine. And then I'll I'll come back with some. My the rest of my stuff is more um more general. Okay. So I, I have something I want to bring up first. Why would Megan Please. Fox be participating in this? She. I, why was she in Transformers? I don't know. Well, the question I'm asking is because she has said, quote, unquote, about my, about Michael Bay, he's like Napoleon, and he wants to create this insane, infamous madman reputation. He wants to be like Hitler on his sets, and he is. So he's a nightmare to work for, but when you get him away from set and he's not in director mode, I kind of really enjoy his personality because he's so awkward, so hopelessly awkward. He has no social skills at all. And it's endearing to watch him. That is a rambling review of Michael Bay as a human slash director from Megan Fox. Fun so, fact: that's what got her fired from Transformers. Yeah, I mean, that quote. So I'm just saying. I'm not sure why she would Hitler, say that. She compared him to Hitler and Napoleon. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why she would choose them. I don't, I don't think uh, she she'd be helping him out with I mean, his haunted house. To be right honest, there. I didn't really think that far into why you know Megan Fox is Michael Bay's relationship. I just okay. thought it'd be funny to have Megan Fox randomly there. That's fine. Uh, it could be someone else if if you know they're they're not on friendly terms. Who did they uh, replace her just... with in Transformers? It could be that girl. I think she was a Victoria's Secret angel. Yeah. Okay. It's maybe it's her then. Okay. All right. It, it could so, be who... so some so some girl. It depends who's available on that day. Okay. But right, you get just... the t- that's the that's the the idea. All right. Got it. Got it. So that's your only issue with this. Good. Uh, I mean. <laughs> Health pers- uh, reasons might get killed with the explosion. No, did I guarantee- say there's a long driveway? I know, but You're debris flying everywhere. The house just blew up. Debris flying all over It's a, it's a controlled place. movie explosion. They they planned it. It it kind of just, uh, you know, it looks like a big explosion, but, you know, it's really controlled. Did I have to sign up a waiver? Yes. Okay. All right. You got that covered. All right. That's all I need to know. All right. So Edgar Wright's Haunted House. Edgar Wright's Haunted House is going to look like a traditional haunted house and i'm going to be focusing on mainly the 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 three main antagonists from the cornetto trilogy the we got in the first one we have zombies in the second one we have a neighborhood watch which was basically like a cult because they're all coming around in uh black hoods and in the third one we have robotic androids uh from another planet so spoiler alert Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen any of those three films. They've been out for a while, so sorry. So what I'm going to argue is that Edgar Wright's house is going to be populated by the robotic androids from The World's End. And they could be dressed up in different ways to kind of scare the people that are coming to see this haunted house. Now, what's very important about Edgar Wright films is that first and foremost, they are funny but they can also be like scary, gory in some sense. Like people are getting their heads cut off. Um, people are falling onto stakes uh, through their like mouths, uh, going through their chest. Like I remember in Shaun of the Dead, one of the zombies like falls backwards and goes through a pipe, and the, the pipe just goes straight through his stomach. Now, one aspect, you're like, oh my god, it's nasty, and then you kind of like find some fun to it as well. So it's not 100% scary. You are having fun at the same time. And you don't have any chance of dying in in an explosion, which which is a good part about Edgar Wright. So all of these, uh, I I understood that was a. I see what you did there. Just just wanted to put that out there. So with all these robotic androids populating the house, uh, it's going to be. You're not going to have to like pay anybody to you know work the haunted house or anything along those lines. Uh, You can have people have like mummies or skeletons or something. You can have people walk around like. zombies like the zombies from Shaun of the dead now if there's ever like say for example you see a zombie okay you might get scared uh you can the only way to get out of it well not the only way but one of the ways you can get out of it is act like a zombie because in Shaun of the dead the characters have to walk through a whole town full of zombies and the way they get through it is they, they just walk through the town acting like zombies they're like limping they have their their um their jaws open they're drooling 
they put like some blood on their faces and they're like Aah! walking through walking through the town. So if you ever feel uncomfortable and you don't want to, you know, be scared, you can just kind of pretend to do that and the zombies will just kind of leave you alone and that lets you be able to move forward through the haunted house. Uh, you could also have, like I said, the neighborhood watch from Hot Fuzz with their black cloaks over their heads, walking around trying to scare people. Uh, and in in the film, they they do kill people, they murder people. So you could have the neighborhood watch killing other, you know, quote unquote androids that are like other people, and there'd be like blood splitting out, and that's that's scary, and, it, and it's supposed to be scary in some regard. But you know, the way that the characters react to that could be a funny sense as well so you're going to have that fear uh you're going to be scared a little bit but you know you're not going to die uh you're going to have fun you're going to laugh and you can also participate in it as well in order to overcome the fear that you might be experiencing oh that sounds interesting a couple things go ahead i don't really understand where the humor comes from in this what are what are the funny things that are going to happen so uh a lot of times uh in in his film something like i said something disgusting might happen and it's kind of like you, you see it happen and you're just kind of like oh my god like i can't believe that just happened but the way that the character might react to it like the android might react to it could make you laugh um which can make the situation like i said a little more light um a little more funny and um can you give me an example of how this applies to your haunted house sure so you see uh one of the androids i don't know he gets his head cut off Okay, All right. by, the, by the neighborhood watch. Okay. And, you know, the head, you see the head roll and like the head makes like a funny face or something. So, you know, okay. you're going you're, you're gonna to think like, you're going to think like this head just got cut off. Oh my God, this guy's dead. And the head is rolling and it rolls right up to your feet. And it, you know, it could say something funny like I, or make a funny face, like I said. Uh, and then the body could like start coming towards you or making like weird movements or something, which, you know, could scare you a little bit, but there is some kind of fear or some kind of humor in that as well um with like a headless person kind of like running at you in a funny way kind of chasing you uh which would be something that edgar wright would definitely fit edgar wright's uh theme so are you gonna have the budget for your haunted house to be like cutting off all these robot heads every person that comes through so i mean if we look at let's look at we'll go with go with the world's end here uh the world's end had a budget of 20 million all right, I looked and, at Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead was four million. Okay, and Baby four million Driver, pounds though. I don't know why they don't have it in dollars. Oh, that's weird. Because <laughs> that it might not have been any um, United States. Was that budget or box office? That was budget. Okay, because it might have been only a UK production. That's what I'm guessing. Oh, uh, okay. Um, Baby Driver had a budget of thirty-four million. So <laughs> he, I mean, it, it did go up. He's not a huge Hollywood, like you know. Uh, blockbuster director but he was supposed to direct ant-man and ant-man had a 142 million dollar budget that's not bad so they were willing to give him over 100 million dollars it just didn't work out because of his vision was different than marvel's vision so i mean if he's getting the funding for this from that can relate back to the money that he's been given to fund his films he would have the resources and able to make this uh, in order to make this happen. His his haunted house would probably only go like twice a day, uh, weekends only, probably from like like the whole month of October, maybe the last weekend in September to the last weekend in October. That's very specific. So, so that gives you what? Say there's four weekends in October. So that's eight days right there. And then if you do one in September, that's ten days right there. You could also do Fridays. So we'll add another five. Sure, yeah, put it so, up. Yeah, do it open on Fridays. So, so, so fifteen, fifteen right there. So, um, I think, I think he'd have enough money to have that spread out in order to, you know, repair the androids, uh, get them going again, make sure everybody's set and ready to go. Um, yeah, I think I, I don't see any logistical issues there. Uh, I think it would be very, very sought after. I mean, if you heard that, uh. Edgar Wright had a haunted house that you could go to and it's filled with characters or themes from his films. I think people would completely flock to it. Whereas if you hear Michael Bay is making a haunted house, I think people would go to it, but because they'd only want to see how awful it is and they wouldn't be oh. expecting anything what? except for, except for explosions. I mean, 
you go to a haunted house to be entertained and have fun. You don't go to like see a thoughtful movie, you know? Like Michael Bay but, is actually perfect to make a haunted house. It, but is he, also, he will make he will make wanna, it an experience. But you also want to go to a haunted house to be scared, to have some fear, some terror, yeah, which Edgar be, Wright would do. Fear. Yeah, but like fear that you actually might die. You no, you don't. That's not people do not go to a haunted house thinking they're going to die. No, but I, I think at Michael at at Michael Bay's haunted house, there is a possibility that you could though. Oh, you're back but, to this explosion thing. I'm telling you, Steve. Professionals else? did this explosion. So you're saying there's only going to be one explosion and that's it? Come on. No. What? Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> there's going to be so many no, explosions. There, there's only the house explodes when you get there, but once you're down in like the basement and cellar stuff, there's there's no more explosions down there. I mean, there's like some fire maybe. Okay. Maybe some gunfire, some gunshots and stuff, but no explosion. Now are there real guns being fired? No, they're all like movie guns. They're movie guns, okay. Yeah. Whatever they do in movies, you know, there's not like bullets flying around. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So now you go into the cellar. You said there's fire. There's yeah, so what, like, I, I, who's, like who's shooting at you? So I think it's gonna kind of have like a general storyline to it of like maybe there's like some I don't know some mad scientist who did experiments in the basement on I don't know people. He made some zombies. He made some robots. So like I'm pulling in robots. Michael Bay got some of his Transformers people. It's robot designers to make him some cool looking. Uh, cool looking scary monster robots so that'll be for like animatronics type stuff we'll be, okay we'll, they'll so they'll use like, the transformer technology to make animatronics yeah it'll be some high quality robot stuff okay and then is michael, michael bay gonna have any input in what the characters say <laughs> yeah okay why i don't know just because when he does they tend to be sometimes racist when you look at the robots from Transformers. I do know those two robots you're talking about. Yes. I don't know. It's going to be hard to be racist in a haunted house. I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know. If he if he has like a mummy, he might go with like a very stereotypical Egyptian uh, characteristics. Like he might be doing like the Egyptian walk the whole time. Just walking around the haunted that house. That sounds funny, not racist. Uh, okay, so it can be funny. It's not going to be scary. So um, there's no there's no dancing mummies in this haunted house. It's a it's a zombie, um, mad scientist, uh, robot type haunted house. Okay. There's going to be a lot of practical effects. Michael Bay is a big fan of practical effects. There's going to be like like bloody stuff and chainsaws and stuff oh, yeah, like that. His movies because his movies are full of real transformers. <laughs> when it comes to practical effects, IMDb says he likes practical effects. His what explosions is, like, are real what, explosions. I, I mean, yeah, his explosions are real. I'll give him that. But other than that, that's that's not that's not really going uh, being too creative there. That's just blowing stuff up, blowing things up safely and in a cool looking way. I guess so. You're telling me that that wouldn't be cool to come up to a haunted house and it explodes. I mean, I, it would be cool. It would scare me. It would catch me off guard. Yeah, like it sets the whole mood for the haunted house. You're like kind of on edge. You're like, I did not expect the whole thing to explode. Now, would it blow up in traditional Michael Bay fashion where it's overly done? Or would it blow up in a sense where it actually seemed like the house blew up because of like a gas leak? Oh, it'll be overly done. Overly done. It'll seem like a bomb fell on the house. Have you ever seen Pearl Harbor? Yeah, but it's been a while. Uh, like the scene where they're blowing up Pearl Harbor, I mean, it looks like fire. Spoiler alert, sorry. Yeah, in case you haven't, you know, read a history textbook or been in a social studies class before. Um, the scene where they're blowing up Pearl Harbor, it looks like fireworks in the middle of the Pearl Harbor Bay. I mean, it's. Oh, that's a good idea. It, there, there's also fireworks at this haunted house. Oh, so there's also fireworks. When you leave, when you get out, you, there's like a fireworks show. And the people are going to be so happy because they're like, thank God we got out of there. Yeah, because it's pretty scary down there. You know, you're you're in a basement. There's like some zombie killer. There's a mad scientist like doing weird stuff. Now, do you have any like reward for the people when they when they're done? They get to leave with something happy. Oh, um. Or. No. No. <laughs> I can't think of anything. OK, that That's... would have been a good idea, though. Oh yeah, I mean you want to you want to you always want to have something that they can take with them to remember the experience on their way out. Um, for my for my guys, I would have uh, Cornettos. 
that people could <laughs> oh, take on their way out. That's good. Perfect. Fits with the theme. They're going to have three choices, the exact same choices that goes with the theme of the movies. The first choice they would have is the red strawberry flavor Cornetto, which goes with the theme of Shaun of the Dead, meaning the blood of the zombies. The second choice they would have is the blue, which I believe is like the original that you can get, which goes with the blue theme of Hot Fuzz, the police, blue lives type of thing. And the third one they could take is uh, the green, which is the mint, which correlates with the sci-fi elements of The World's End. And also they could possibly take a beer with them too, since that's also very prevalent in all of his films too. They always take place at some kind of a pub. Uh, so, you know, if they take a pint on their way out, 21 only, uh, that's that's totally fine. That's really thoughtful. Yeah, at, so, at, so, go ahead. At mine, you, ju- you just have a chance to meet Shia LaBeouf. That, that in itself is a reward. Um, I'd be curious to see if he'd actually be there. That's what I mean. You have a chance. Like, he comes sometimes when he feels <laughs> like it. That's a very Shia LaBeouf thing yeah. for him to do. Sometimes he plays a character in the house, and sometimes he just, like, walks around. I completely believe that. Mm-hmm. All right, I see what you're doing there. But um, so you can meet Shia LaBeouf, maybe, possibly, maybe, and you get to see cool fireworks when you leave. And you get to see cool fireworks when you leave. So you, something you could see at Disney World, uh, or you could see if you just watch a Michael Bay movie. Yeah, but this is like right in front of you. I mean, this is true. This is true. It's different. It's not. It's not fair to compare it to a movie. Is what I'm saying. I'm not trying to say mine is going to be cinematic. It's just going to contain elements from his films, the the sci-fi themes, the science fiction. Or I already said that the sci-fi themes, the the horror themes, and the, like the action themes uh, as well. And it'll it'll be filled with the scary elements from those three to help scare the people, along with the comedy aspects as well to also make it enjoyable and and funny so which I, I think which i think is completely possible no that sounds good I, I am not really going for a comedic element i'm going more for like a kind of production cinematic element like in mind there'll be a lot of like big set pieces okay also i think uh, michael bay could draw on some of his previous music video experience to have a good good music for for the for the house okay so incorporating some soundtrack elements as well. Yeah, like there'll they'll definitely be like mu- music when you're down there. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure if Edgar Wright would have any soundtrack elements to it. I I've heard like Baby Driver has a phenomenal soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure what it is. I know it plays to the plot of the film. Uh, his other films have good soundtracks also, but I mean it's that witty dialogue that really uh, gets you deeply involved into the into what's going on, and um, I feel like. Just that with the horror and the the comedy is what's really going to get you uh, interested in the haunted house, not really the soundtrack from Michael Bay commercials. So we have a good choice for our fans. Like, do they want a haunted house with a little bit of humor or do you want an over the top insane haunted house? This this is true. They have they have two options here and uh, we'll have to see what they think. Are you going to have a lot of product placement? How is he going to fund this? I already argued how Edgar Wright would fund this. All right. You were saying Michael Bay gets like however much money he wants. Trans- okay. Transformers, 2007, $150 million budget. All right. Revenge of the Fallen, $200 million. Went up a lot. And that's kind of where it stayed. Age of Extinction and last night he got 210 Now, is this going on currently? Like, would it be like a 2017 Haunted House or would it be like a 2006 Michael Bay Haunted House? Uh, it doesn't matter. It's right now. Because I would, because I would argue, if someone heard that Michael Bay was making a haunted house today, people would not care. People would not care about a haunted house designed by a big Hollywood director. Well, because like, think of um, you can look at the box office for the fifth Transformers movie. He still got two hundred and ten million dollars to make it. I know, but look at the box office compared to the previous one. Well, it this, was like half that. This is not a Transformers movie. But it's going to have transformer elements in it, is it? Well, not? just be just to rely on the the robot expertise. Okay, the robot expertise. But I feel like it will have it will have Michael Bay's. It's going to be very Michael Bay cliche. I feel, and that's stuff that people do not care about anymore. Like that's what I'm so saying. I, like, I think like you're 2007, right. 2007, that... Michael Bay with all the explosions, people might have cared. 
But today, Michael Bay, with all these explosions, people will be like, I've seen that a million times. I think when it comes to movies, you're right. But when it comes to haunted houses, like that people don't experience his haunted houses like that. Like you go to your local haunted house and it's like, oh, there's a guy with a chainsaw. He chases you. There's like a person tied up, blah, 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 whatever. But this is like explosions in a haunted house. It's like you're living it. I I think that would appeal to people. It's definitely possible. But we'll see. We'll see how the voting goes. Yeah, we'll see what the fans think. You guys will be the ones to decide who you think would win between designing a haunted house. Would you rather go and see the Michael Bay haunted house? Or would you rather go and see the Edgar Wright haunted house? Uh, Chris, is there any uh, fun facts you'd like to add? Oh, um, yes. One moment, please. Sure. Uh, so I thought this was funny in, uh, in bad boys. I don't fully understand how this, this is, this is from IMDb. We'll, we'll have to work this out together. Bay paid $25,000, one quarter of his fee for the climax explosion scene. The initial shot was made impossible by a rainstorm and the production company refused to pay for another try. Wow. So what'd they end up doing? I don't know. I haven't seen bad boys in such a long time. That's interesting. Um, that was the only funny fact. <laughs> the rest are like serious facts. Uh, one I found out for Michael Bay, so this will help you out, is I found a breakdown chart of all the explosions in Michael Bay's films as of the third Transformers movie. So it doesn't include the past two that he's done. Um, Bad Boys has 18 explosions. The Rock, 22. Armageddon has 121. Pearl Harbor has 162. Bad Boys 2 has 31. The Island has 16. The first Transformers has 128. Revenge of the Fallen has 211. And then Dark of the Moon has 283 explosions. 283? That's giving him a total of 992 explosions before Transformers 4 and 5. Definitely broke a thousand. Oh, absolutely, without a doubt. Michael Bay's haunted house, just one explosion. Just one explosion? Yeah. Just the one when the house explodes. Correct. And then at the end there's fireworks, which are not explosions. I mean, do you count them as an explosion? I mean, I, I guess if you do. No wonder no, their counts no, are so they probably count like every time like one of the laser fires as an explosion in Transformers or something. Probably. I just I just wanted to clear clarify your point that the ending is fireworks, not explosions. Right, I mean, I, I, like, I understand I that like, technically fireworks are explosions, but I just no, no, feel no, like but I, I feel like there is a clear difference yes. between fireworks and explosions. Okay, yeah. just just wanted to make sure I got that clear, and our listeners got that clear also. Thank you for um, uh, clarifying that. No problem. A uh, uh, couple interesting things about um, Edgar Wright. Uh, let's see here. So apparently he directed a single shot for the 2013 film Star Trek Into Darkness, which involved the Klingons on Kronos, but he was not credited for that shot. I'm kind of curious what that shot was. Um, he was developing Ant-Man for over 10 years. So it wow. was something that he really, really wanted to do. And he was there. Like I said, they were ready to go. And then he dropped out right before filming began because he really wanted to make a Edgar Wright movie where Marvel wanted him to really make more of a Marvel movie. And if you've ever seen, I don't know if you ever seen Ant Man. No, I never saw it. It's it's uh, it's very good. I'm actually kind of surprised it came out as good as it did because I was really excited that Edgar Wright was going to make Ant Man, and then when he dropped out, I was like, "This is going to be awful. There's no way they're going to salvage any of this." And it's actually pretty enjoyable, but it's definitely a Marvel movie. Uh, Peyton Reed, who came in to direct that, definitely played ball and just did what the Marvel execs told him to do because it feels like a normal Marvel movie, um, but does have kind of the heist element to it. Edgar Wright did receive a story credit for that film, so I'm sure they kept some of his story elements, but probably changed it a little bit. Uh, He was considered to direct Star Trek Beyond, which would have been interesting, and he was also considered to direct Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, uh, which would have been also very interesting as well. Um, Like I said, he likes to make fun of different genres, which he does in a lot of his films, uh, known for those fast-paced and heavily styled action scenes. Um, And he has tons of collaborators that he works with on numerous films uh like in Shaun of the dead hot fuzz in the world's end that cornetto trilogy uh he worked with simon pegg on all of it he worked with nick frost on all of it 
He worked with Bill Nighy on on all of it. He also had uh, Martin Freeman in a bunch of them as well. Um, Martin Freeman was in like Shaun of the Dead for like a second, and then he had a starring role in The World's End. A um, bunch of other people he had also in that um, Rape Spall, uh, Julia Deacon. Uh, so just he likes to work with the same people because he knows what he's going to get. I'm a huge fan of Simon Pegg, so I kind of wish they would make more together, just because they're. They're, they're really, really funny. There were some films that um, Michael Bay was uh, considered for directing. Go right ahead. Uh, Watchmen. That would have been interesting. King Arthur. Okay. Superman Returns. Really? Uh, Red Dragon. Okay. Uh, Van Helsing. Okay. Uh, that's all I see right now. I'm kind of curious if he really wanted to direct King Arthur, so that's why he did the fifth Transformers with a very king arthurian feel to it because that's kind of a heavy plot point in the movie yeah you're right where the sword of king arthur is somehow involved with the transformers (laughs) also planet of the apes in 2001 he was considered to direct oh and then what's his name did it instead i don't know um the guy who did alice in wonderland and produced nightmare before christmas he didn't direct it but everybody always thinks he did tim burton tim burton yes oh i didn't know he did planet of the apes yeah he did it apparently it's really bad i've never seen it um but i've only heard bad things about it Michael Bay is also adopted. Really? Yeah, he was adopted when he was two weeks old. Wow. I did not know that. Was he? Was his family involved in film? Like, Was that how he was able to get his in for directing commercials? Or was he just kind of a lucky um, guy? He, he was adopted by Sheldon Bay and Harriet. I, I don't recognize either of the names, so I don't know. Okay. I mean, he, he was definitely in, like film early in his in his life he after he graduated he started in his 20s with uh advertisements and music videos so i don't know if he had connections or not cool good for him well i mean i i don't hate michael bay like 100 percent. some of his films i do find enjoyable uh i just wish he wasn't so cookie cutter i feel like everything's kind of the same hmm, that's funny because one of there's also his personal quotes on imdb and one of them is i make movies for teenage boys oh dear what a crime <laughs> i mean it's true it really I, is true he also said i know critics have been tough on my movies and that's why i've taken jerry bruckheimer's advice i don't read them <laughs> it's probably a good idea probably uh, helps get through the uh the shooting process he also said that quentin tarantino called him once someone had written is michael bay the devil and quentin said don't worry last year they called me the antichrist <laughs> why would they call quentin tarantino the antichrist i don't know huh so that's what we got. So if, uh, remember, you want to vote on Twitter as to who you think would win in planning a haunted house, you can go with Michael Bay's choice, which consists of, you want to go ahead? Wait, sorry. I zoned out for a second. That's okay. I'll, I'll redo this and you can come back and edit it. Yeah. Okay. So if you want to vote for this, you can go on Twitter where you'll find the poll and you can vote for Michael Bay's haunted house, which consists of? Well, the limo ride, the explosion, the practical effects, the uh, nicely music, nice associated music score. Okay, I like it. Uh, and you can go with Edgar Wright's pick, which will incorporate comedy, uh, which will also incorporate some fear, some terror uh, elements where you can participate in the experience itself, uh, which can really make you feel part of it and make it really, really come alive. And you can walk out with the Cornetto, and if you're over 21, you can have a nice pint on your way home. Also, please remember, we will have the poll, or not the poll, we will have the uh, link up where you can submit your predictions for the Rotten Tomato Meter for the films coming out uh, in November and December, starting with the Murder on the Orient Express, which comes out this Thursday, November the 1st, or no, November the 2nd, excuse me. And uh, please make sure you vote before that day just so that way we don't have anyone, you know, changing numbers because of the tomato meter. Uh, like I said, please share it with other people. Please participate in it. We'll do something for the winner who has the most points. But uh, just a little fun fan competition to, you know, kind of get in the spirit of what's coming out right now. Chris, you want to add anything before we head out of here? I hope everyone has a happy, uh, safe Halloween. Yeah, enjoy the holiday. If you have any fun costumes or any festive uh, goings on that you'd like to send at, to us, please tweet at us or... Uh, message us on facebook and we'll share them out to our fans so everybody can see what's happening 
So please remember, as always, to subscribe, follow, and rate, and please continue to participate in our show. For the Who Would Win cast, this has been Steve. And this has been Chris. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Hmm, genius. Hi, I'm Michael Bay, director of Hollywood hits such as Transformers. And I demand things to be awesome. Awesome pussycat. Awesome barbecue. Awesome pull. The Who Would Win cast is not endorsed by any film or television production companies and is intended for entertainment purposes only. Any and all audio clips are not owned by the Who Would Win cast, and all rights are reserved by the respective copyright holders.